0: Welcome to episode 24 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to Stomp the Stigma today is Brittany Jaquetta. She's a registered provisional psychologist right here in Calgary at the Serenity Now Wellness Center and she's here to talk all about her own experiences with anxiety, depression, panic disorder, and OCD tendencies as well as her work and her personal page called Silver Lining Therapy. I hope you guys love this conversation as much as I did. Enjoy. Well, first, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and reaching out to me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I feel like we have so much to talk about, so I'm going to try and keep it brief um, and not too long, but I'm super excited to talk to you, so thank you for coming yeah. on.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. I'm glad you uh, put that poll and like also reached out, because I actually follow you like quite religiously on Instagram. Aww. So <laughs>
0: thank you. And it's
1: nice to have like, other Calgarians.
0: Like, yes, guess People absolutely. in the area. Yeah, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I, you were on my list, and I'm, I'm so Yay. glad that you reached out, so.
1: Oh, that's awesome to hear.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I want to talk about your job as a registered provisional psychologist, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, and then also your kind of your own experiences with mental health, and also your Instagram page and everything like that. So I guess cool. to start, um, I want to touch on your personal struggles. And I've heard you talk about your battles with anxiety and depression and panic disorder and maybe some OCD tendencies as well. Um, Do you remember kind of the beginning when you first realized that you were struggling in a way that was, I guess, maybe different from everyone else? And can you kind of take me through that journey?
1: yeah i mean i think in the moment when i really recognized it so actually before i came or like went into the field of mental health i did some nursing first um and so i was in nursing school at U S, and i think that's when i really realized okay what i'm feeling is not just school stress it's not just like homesickness um yeah i was having panic attacks honestly probably daily i just straight up wasn't going to class. I was like every physical symptom possible, like heart pounding, couldn't breathe, handshaking, shaking, all of it, crying for what I thought was no reason. Um, But yeah, so it really hit me in nursing school. And I think like at the time I was very like, oh, it's just the program. Like you just don't like nursing, whatever it'll get better um and then it it did get worse and i ended up just like fully leaving nursing um like i came home to visit my family one weekend and i just like never went back pretty much um and i like drove back a month later (laughs) to get all my stuff and like actually pack up but that was kind of like my i kind of say my breaking point i don't know if that's the best word but like that was my version of like my lowest and um yeah so even when i came home i just you know, I thought everything would instantly get better, because I was so convinced it was nursing, and I, it still wasn't getting better, um, and so, yeah, I just finally had to kind of do something to start feeling better, and so that was medication, and therapy, and just, I don't know, just, like, a lot of self-reflection, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I definitely relate to the crying for no reason. That yeah. happened to me a lot when I was younger.
1: Yeah, and it's frustrating, because it's, if you know why you're crying, you'll will try to do
0: something to, to fix it. <laughs> well, exactly. When I was a kid, it was like, okay, what is happening to me? Like, I'm feeling down and sad for no reason. I want to ball my eyes out. But, like, when you're yeah. that young, you have no clue what's happening.
1: Totally. Well, and actually, my first panic attack, I thought it was an asthma attack. So I've never had like a, a stereotypical panic attack before where you're yeah. like hyperventilating and all this stuff. Um, and then so that happened in my first one and I thought for sure it was like asthma. And so I actually went to the doctor thinking, oh my gosh, I have asthma, I need an inhaler. And they're like, no, your lungs are like great. There's no indications of asthma, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then yeah, it was even then that the doctor was like, is it possible that there's some anxiety going on? And I was kind of like, no, no, <laughs> not possible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh wow, yeah. so I, I guess I kind of assume that you're doing better today than you were. Um, yeah. What has kind of helped you along that way to get to where you are?
1: Yeah, um, it's really been a combination of things. I think for me what was most important was therapy. Um, just, like, as I started talking, I realized there's a lot of things in my life that maybe I never either dealt with or dealt with in, like, the appropriate way. Um, and so I think a lot of what my anxiety was was really just building up. And, like, nursing happened to be that final stressor that just kind of, like, allowed everything else to blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea. Medication's been really helpful for me, especially with managing the physical symptoms. Yeah. That I can at least kind of calm down the body because um, it, it starts getting like anxiety about anxiety so then my heart starts racing then I freak out about my racing heart or whatever mm-hmm. um so medication was really good for that um kind of just some lifestyle changes I really start to prioritize like self-care I, I kind of was one of those people who was like yeah yeah self-care whatever like we always hear about it yeah um but I guess I started to recognize why you need it so really just working out um, I had like a morning routine that I like to follow just to kind of start my day on a certain note, um, a bedtime routine, and then, yeah, just kind of being honest with people how I was feeling. It wasn't always easy, but just so my friends kind of knew like what was happening or my family knew what was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this huge like relief when you're just open with everyone and you don't have to really like hide that side of yourself anymore
1: totally yeah totally yeah. yeah I know it's like an instant weight off your shoulders
0: and then it's like we never knew like why
1: didn't you tell us and yeah like, oh my gosh <laughs> well there
0: is such a stigma around it I mean that's kind of why I started this podcast in the first place and there's such a huge stigma around taking medication but for some people like that is huge for helping them out and there's nothing wrong with that but there's such a huge stigma totally. around it
1: I know and it's Yeah, with that stigma, it's kind of that same idea. Like, if someone was diabetic, they wouldn't think twice about insulin.
0: Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Like,
1: yep, insulin, give it to me, I'm good. Um, But as soon as it's, like, psychiatric medication, it's, oh, I don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why there's a difference there, but um, for some reason there is, yeah. Was there kind of a low point for you when you kind of realized, okay, I need help or like a turning point where you decided that you were going to kind of turn your life around and not really let these mental health issues define you?
1: Yeah, so this is like kind of a weird memory, but it's always sort of stuck with me. Um, so when I came back from Saskatchewan, I was staying at my parents' um, just because I needed a bit more support, and like I had a partner at the time, and I didn't, I don't know, I was like, it's not fair to them. Um, and so I remember one time I was, like, just in my parents' bathroom, I was gonna have a shower, and I I was just, like, kind of looking at myself in the mirror, and I was like, man, like, you just look sick, Brittany, like, physically, I was, like, skinny and frail, and just, I don't know, like, I just looked sick, and I think, like, actually seeing that, I was kind of like, yeah, like, no, something has to happen, um, yeah, and it was kind of that, that same day, I ended up phoning my doctor, and was just like, hey, like, I need in your soonest availability pretty much I will make any day and time work um but yeah it was just like seeing how much it really affected obviously myself physically or mentally but also physically Mm -hmm. and I did lose a lot of weight and yeah I was like you know picking at my skin and like I just I didn't look healthy and I probably wasn't healthy honestly
0: yeah so it was kind of like an all of a sudden moment for you
1: yeah, like I think I kept knowing, like, I was like, okay, I need help, I need help, I need help. Um, and I was like, sort of trying to, yeah. but maybe not as much as I should have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that image I don't know, something just hit me in that moment. I was like, Yeah, no, we, we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: I've talked to a lot of people that have had trouble kind of finding help or even like the feedback from their doctors. Was what was your journey like? Was that fairly easy for you?
1: Yeah, um, my doctor so my family doctor was really understanding actually which was awesome That's so they good. they kind of just like started me on meds right away and they're like just super transparent like look it's gonna be trial and error let's start you on this and just see what happens and he um was booking me in like every two weeks so i could always follow up so that was really good nice. um i i had trouble finding a therapist that i clicked with um, yeah. which i think is what a lot of people have experienced too where you do want to be able to connect with them so you can be open. And I found that was more my struggle. Yeah, I had a few therapists who (laughs) just some of the comments they made, I thought were invalidating. I think even in my own field of work that has stuck with me too, as to like, make sure I'm wording things properly with my clients. Um, Because good intentions can still come off not as great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay,
1: one question I have Yeah, kind of like the just meditate comments or whatever, yeah. and it's like, well, it was just that easy. Like, I, none of this would be happening.
0: Right? If it was that easy, like, people would be able to heal so totally. much easier. Totally.
1: Yeah. Like, this profession wouldn't exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. I guess on that note, um, do you know kind of what your triggers are? And what do you do in that moment when that happens to you?
1: Yeah, so i definitely started to identify them. Um, so a huge trigger is like sirens, like ambulance, police, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. this is because my mom had a stroke. Um, it was like five years ago now. And so obviously there is an ambulance and all that stuff. And so that's like sirens have become a huge trigger of, okay, something bad's happened. And then I kind of go into, oh my gosh, I hope whoever's in there is like, okay, and like not alone and not suffering and whatever. So that's a big one. Um, another trigger is kind of, again, like I said earlier, those physical symptoms of my start, if my heart starts to race or something, I am kind of like, oh no, why is it racing? Mm-hmm. Um, I have some triggers around kind of like, I guess it's really specific situations, but again, it'll be something like related to maybe nursing. They'll be like, oh, this, you know, this procedure or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, oh my gosh, no. Um, so that's a huge trigger and I hate blood. So even like nosebleeds or something will just stress me right out. Oh, um, I guess for kind of managing them in the moment, my main kind of go-to is really deep breathing, just because you can do it anywhere. So I really try to breathe myself through it. Um, I'll sometimes I'll talk to myself. Like I'll go to a bathroom and just look at myself in the mirror and be like, "Kate, hey, you're okay. Everything's fine. You know, you can breathe. Splash some water on your face, that kind of thing." Um, but those have been kind of my main ones. It's just talking to myself and and the deep breaths. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like that. Do
1: you have any kind of go-to grounding skills that you use?
0: Um, well, it's hard for me because I, I don't entirely know what my triggers are. Mm. Like, I know that I, I need a certain amount of sleep. I need to be hydrated. I need, um, like, good nourishing food. Otherwise, it makes it a lot worse for me. But I don't entirely know what triggers it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Um, so I guess just for me, a lot of it is routine, keeping up with routine, making sure I'm, I'm following all of those healthy habits that I know will, will make me feel better. Right. Um, but for me, something that's very calming and therapeutic is, is cooking and baking.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah,
0: so I, I do that a lot. When I'm feeling like in a funk cool. or something, I'll just get in the kitchen and experiment
1: totally that's a good point about the triggers though I think they can be so internal like it could just be a body state that we're not aware of and yeah like hunger thirst yeah maybe there's an infection like yeah just something happening in the body even Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah. so I'm still still on that journey to kind of figure those out but yeah (laughs) Yeah, definitely no it'll be
1: worth it it's a good journey yeah
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I've come so far already so
1: amazing that's awesome
0: thank you Okay, I want to dig into kind of your work life um, yeah. and a little bit of the therapy side of things. Oh. So, you're a registered provisional psychologist at Serenity yes. Now Wellness Center in Calgary. Um, yes. That's actually so close to where I work too. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, I'm curious like how you got into that field in the first place, like did you always want to do that or did your own mental health issues play a role in that like how did you get into that field
1: yeah so i always wanted to help people i guess i didn't know in what way which is why i originally was like oh nursing totally makes sense Mm -hmm. um which i mean they definitely help people (laughs) but yeah i think it was after my own kind of mental health struggles that i just kind of realized like ka like they like I really just say like they completely probably saved my life honestly um and then also it's just like really eye-opening because I think I was one of those people like in high school if someone talks to the school counselor it's kind of like oh they're talking to the counselor yeah uh I was like kind of one of those people and then I recognized like wow they're actually like really helpful people this is amazing um so yeah definitely my own experience really influenced it when I was looking at going back to school uh i mean it was a big decision because i was scared i would consistently be triggered and like burnt out i guess just because it it definitely is a heavy field but i think because i've kind of like you're saying like i've come so far i've learned a lot of skills i have a really good support network um i've kind of got my self-care routine around work that it's actually really been a positive experience Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's a really good point about the school counselors. I never really thought about that, but.
1: I don't know if that was a thing at your school. Like, maybe it was just my high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, we definitely had one, um, but there was, yeah, there was such a huge stigma around uh-huh. going to talk to that person. Like, if yeah. people found out, like, then there's something wrong with you or something yeah. major is going yeah. on.
1: Or they were just kind of like the substitute teacher, honestly, yeah. be like, oh, OK. teacher's
0: not here today. Cool. I mean, there's already so much extra stress to fit in in high school. So when you add the stigma of going to see somebody like that, it just makes it so much worse.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. Okay. Your work, um, often dives into kind of the dark parts of people's lives. Does that trigger you at all? Or like, how do you kind of leave that at work? when you go Mm -hmm. home like how do you separate that from your own life
1: yeah it's kind of interesting so if it's something i haven't gone through personally yeah i actually don't find i'm triggered i mean i'll still be like oh that's horrible that's sad all these things um but i think i just like can't maybe relate in the same way that it's actually easier for me to like distance myself to those stories Mm -hmm. um but as soon as there's someone with like you know lots of anxiety or depression or things like that i'm instantly like oh my gosh i see like myself and you (laughs) um I think for leaving it at work again this is definitely something I've really like had to start learning with that whole self-care or whatever but um journaling has been a big thing for me so just being able to like write out whatever came on my mind that day um, whether it's work or life or anything else and then having my own therapist so we don't always talk about work but sometimes it is like oh my gosh this week was insane and I just need to like Fill it all out to somewhere else that's confidential yeah. um, and then I do have like a, a supervisor slash mentor who's been really great for me and we probably check in with each other every week I'd say um, that's awesome. so that's been a really good kind of support for me as well
0: mm-hmm. oh that's awesome that you have so much support around you and so many people that you can yeah. turn to.
1: Yeah, I think for me anyways, it's like those support networks have been huge because I always know there's like someone or something, like even if it's a doctor, a pharmacist, whoever. Um, like I, I'm kind of like you, I'm definitely like really into routine and I'll, I'll always go to even like the same pharmacist or something. Yeah. So <laughs> they just like totally know me by now, but <laughs> it's great.
0: I've heard from a lot of people that journaling helps. I mean, yeah. I journal too. And yeah. I don't know... I don't know what it is about journaling but it's just like for me anyways like expressing everything without having to have somebody else hear it and i guess not be not be judged for it or anything like that just have it out there and not like bottled up inside yeah
1: totally and i find as i'm journaling like i'll think i'm gonna write about one thing And then I end up in just, like, a completely different spot. Like, it's just, like, interesting how the thoughts start to come out and sort of transform. And you're like, okay, I guess this was maybe on my mind today instead.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you is, like, do you think that your personal mental health experiences have had an impact on your work? Like, are there days when you, like, don't have the energy to get out of bed, but you kind of have to for your clients? Or... Like, have your experiences helped you relate to your clients and understand what their thought processes are and yeah. their emotions are
1: yeah definitely helped me relate to clients for sure especially yeah. again when they're describing by like panic attacks or trying to decide if they should take time off of school or work or things like that i'm totally like oh my gosh been there um these days definitely aren't as uh, severe. Like I, I haven't had a day where I couldn't get out of bed in like years. Um but I'll have my days where I do wake up and I am kinda like, oh okay like my chest feels a bit more heavy. Um I don't like I'll I usually won't tell clients that specifically but I'll be kind of transparent and just be like I'm not feeling the best today. I'm sorry if I seem you know a little less bubbly than usual or, or something to that effect. That way they just know like it's not them, I'm not bored or annoyed or whatever Mm -hmm. um and usually on those days it's like so in between clients I'll try to write my notes but on those days it's like I'm not going to do my notes today I'll do them tomorrow and just like really allow myself to have those breaks in between clients whether it's a 10 minute walk or just having my tea or or whatever um yeah I think the relatability piece is huge and even going through therapy myself I can also reflect on like things that my therapist has either Said that I loved or kind of influenced my thinking, and so I think even knowing what it's like to be in the client seat, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea of like mini breaks. One of my previous guests actually brought up um, self care at work oh, and cool. making sure that you kind of take those little breaks to like recenter yourself and like
1: totally
0: separate your work or separate your clients and everything like that. I think self-care well, at work is huge too.
1: Yeah, well, when we're at work, like what, 40 hours a week, 35 yeah. hours a week? I mean, we're there for a good chunk of our time.
0: Yeah, it's a lot.
1: It's funny because I have like a little couch in my office. <laughs> and so sometimes when my clients aren't there like in between sessions, I'm like, I'm just going to lay on the couch for a few minutes. Oh, yeah,
0: that sounds <laughs> like, amazing. I get cozy, I get comfy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I wish I had a couch at work, too. (laughs)
1: That's quite a treat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: You talked about earlier um, kind of clicking with your therapist. Have you ever had a situation in your own work where you kind of didn't really click with a client or you didn't think it was really working? Like, what do you do in that situation?
1: Yeah, I've had a few. I mean, so I guess firstly I try to give it time just to see if it is, like too soon to have that expectation yeah um and then sometimes i'll just bring it up with a client directly so i'll just be like hey i feel like perhaps we're we're not quite getting along or there's something missing what's your thoughts on it and yeah. either like i've had some who are like oh really i thought it was great i'm like okay cool perfect Whatever <laughs> works for you um and then i have others who are kind of like yeah i sort of felt the same and i, I just try to refer them either to someone who's a better fit or figure out what they need I guess um yeah I think like a lot of it like a lot of success in therapy really is that rapport like if they trust you if they're comfortable with you you know they're gonna want to tell you more stuff they'll probably do their homework they'll probably be in touch with you um so I've really learned not to take it personally like okay it's not me they just maybe need someone who's more assertive or maybe they need someone who's older or you know Mm -hmm. some some of the younger um like I have some 12 year old boys or whatever maybe they need more of like a male therapist and kind of like a you know buddy buddy kind of guy (laughs) um so I have learned not to take it personally
0: yeah a big part of therapy is being comfortable with the person you're talking to and being able to just be honest and open about everything about yourself without like fear of judgment from that person so that's a huge aspect of it is just being able to click and connect with them
1: Totally. And it's like, yeah, that piece of fear of judgment. Like, again, I think if there's any fear at all, you're, yeah. you're not going to share everything and it's not going to be as helpful to you because there's kind of a part of the puzzle missing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for people that are interested in um, starting therapy with you, what does that process look like from like at the beginning, I guess?
1: Yeah, so usually I do a free, like, complimentary, like, 30-minute session, um, honestly, just so they can meet me before paying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of just like almost like a meet and greet. So just, you know, here's a bit about me. Tell me a bit about you. What questions do you have for therapy? What concerns do you have? Um, After that, our first session's pretty standard. It's kind of that intake session, so it really is just a lot of questions, getting the background history, figuring out the therapy goals, um you know figuring out how frequently someone wants to come or maybe needs to be coming and then after the first session i kind of take a pretty open-ended approach so i really like my clients to sort of lead whatever it is that they're going through so i kind of want them to bring up what they need Um, but i'll usually do half my session of just checking in so how's your week what was good what was bad you know how did you cope in these times all of that Um, And then I kind of do my second half of therapy with something more practical. So, you know, here's a skill, um, here's how we can challenge these thoughts. Maybe we do a worksheet together. And then depending on the client, I typically like to leave them with a take-home kind of homework skill. Um, Some people hate homework and that's fine. So with those clients, it's like, hey, whatever, we'll just do everything in session, no biggie at all. Um, But yeah, I kind of try to give people something to do in between session, just, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but sessions are only an hour in length, right? So most of the change, again, is not happening in the office. It's happening on your own time outside of here.
0: Oh, that's a really good point. The client also has to be committed to the change and working on themselves, right? Yeah.
1: Totally. And I think, a private practice is because it isn't obviously government funded um it is a bit more of an investment and so i think for some people if you're spending the money it is kind of like okay i have to make sure i i do what i'm supposed to do to make it worth it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah exactly okay i'm curious how covid has affected your work and your own mental health
1: yeah Um, So for my work, I mean, there's definitely been those transitions of just doing video conferencing um, Mm -hmm. for sessions or, like, phone call sessions, for sure. Um, Or even, like, now that we're back in person, I mean, I don't know if you can't really see my office too much. um, Everything's, like, super spread out, more spread out than normally. So everything's, like, six feet apart and Mm -hmm. kind of all the protocols around, like, masking, sanitizing, that kind of thing. Um, In terms of clients, yes, I have seen it affect a lot of my clients um either kind of severely where it's become like the main stressor or just kind of that background like elephant in the room of it's just one more thing to worry about and then yeah for myself um when when COVID was really first happening I I don't know if I maybe knew the severity like I was kind of like okay we'll be closed down for a month whatever that's cool um so back in March I wasn't too concerned and then it was kind of as we started to progress and I was like wow like this is actually happening um I did start to have some moments of worry around mostly getting sick so like if I got COVID what would happen or Mm -hmm. if I have COVID and accidentally give it to someone else what might happen um and now, yeah, I'd say this past maybe six months, I've kind of been okay with it again in the sense that I think I'm just, okay, we've been around it long enough that now I'm, I'm a little bit more confident. I've had a few COVID tests, I know what to expect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so nothing super severe, like it never stopped me from doing my job or stopped me from, you know, going to get groceries or things like that. Um, but just again, kind of always in the back of my mind and I, I, maybe you can relate, but if you have any kind of tickle in your throat or you can pain, yeah. it's kind of like, oh my gosh, it's COVID. <laughs> yeah. Did I go get tested or do I wait a day or two? Yeah. Um, so there was kind of a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I think that's really common for a lot of people. I remember when COVID first like, was talked about, um, my work schedule got shifted to different days so that we could have different crews in case there was an exposure on one, and we were like, oh yeah, we'll be on this schedule for like a month, maybe two, and then, I mean, we're still on that schedule now, so.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah I know, I totally didn't think anything of it, and I think too, um, like I'll add, like even just the way people could do their self-care, so like for me, the gym and exercise yeah. is huge, and like, yes, you can exercise from home or go from runs, but I think for me personally, like as much as the exercise is, kind of the environment, Like it was like the loud music and I don't know, like that was almost what motivated me to to work out really hard. So even things like that, that have been missing. Um, Or people, you know, who are just really extroverted and like just want to go and sit out with their friends. It's like you kind of have to pick and choose who to do it with and where to do it. Um, So even just the impact of like our day-to-day like care routines. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, the gym is a huge one for me too. Yeah, I'm really into kickboxing and so that was shut down for the majority of the year like you can't hit pads or anything you can't be that close to a trainer that is really hard for me but like you said a lot of the the appeal of the gym is the music and for me the social aspect and just getting to see people and interact with people that are there for kind of the same
1: reason well i imagine kickboxing like you, you Basically need someone there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like either to
1: fight against or the trainers who are working right with you. Like it'd definitely be harder to do at home, I imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> no.
1: That's so cool that you do kickboxing. I love that.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited that the gym is finally open again. And then, of course, I hurt my back like last week just in time. So right, that I can't yes. go, but yeah. ugh, I can't wait to get back in there.
1: Oh, so, I know. So soon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. I want to shift again to, um, your, I, I guess it's a personal website and Instagram page, called Silver Lining Therapy. Is that kind of your, would you call that your own brand, or what, how do you?
1: Yeah, I guess that's my brand. I think that's a really good word. Um, basically, when I graduated, like from my masters, I had like no idea what I was gonna do. Like Mm -hmm. I was like Am I working for an agency? Am I gonna work for myself? Um so yeah, I just kinda made an Instagram page. I really like like that whole quote of like, you know, look for the silver linings and basically all the versions of it. Um so yeah, it's my brand. It's not like a company or whatever. As of yet anyway. (laughs) Maybe one day. Um but yeah.
0: I love that. I love um I love following your page as well. You post so much amazing content and resources and just tips and
1: I love to hear that because well you can probably relate social media is way more work than I think I would have realized (laughs) yes I was like oh well a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah Yeah. so thank you for saying that it makes it worth it
0: yeah when people tell me the same thing I'm like oh thank you I don't know if anybody is even seeing this stuff like I'm glad it's um, resonating with somebody totally yeah. Like I'm I'm passionate about like what I put out there and I'm sure you are too. But when you mm. get that like kind of validation from other people, you're totally. like Okay. Okay, yeah, this no, is I worth totally it. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for people out there that don't follow your page or haven't seen it, how would you describe it or, or what kind of content and stuff can people expect from it?
1: Yeah, I would say it's really general mental health. Mm-hmm. advice or suggestions um the reason I say general is because it, it again like even if we talk about just like anxiety can look so different from person to person like there's just no way you can make it specific to each person or each mm-hmm. experience um so general and just like very basic uh, skills that really anyone could use you don't need a diagnosis um just if you kind of want to work on your mental health mental wellness all of that um and then yeah kind of you actually touched on this but i do try to give a lot of resources so distress lines um, depending like june is pride month so i've posted a little bit more about pride for example yeah. um kind of whatever's happening that month sometimes is, is what i try to go with it's hard to theme a page but yeah pretty general advice um I try to engage so I'll have a lot of questions, you know, what do you think of this? Yeah. Yes or no, or slide the emoji <laughs> to whatever spot you believe the statement or whatever. Yeah. And um, so kinda of some engagement as well.
0: Yeah, I love your page and I, I would recommend that for anybody that wants to Thank you. follow um just general mental health accounts. Yeah. and
1: I'm always open to suggestions. So if there's like something you think you might wanna see that you haven't seen or questions or yeah i'm like we were saying it's really hard to plan content so if you guys have suggestions i'd love to hear because it's yeah. uh, well, at least what you want to see <laughs> yeah
0: it def- it's so hard to come up with content
1: yeah. well sometimes i think i'm just posting what i think is cool but yeah <laughs> not everyone obviously thinks the same as me too so
0: well it's hard because not everyone has the same kind of reactions as you do so something that right. you that you think is maybe not the best somebody else will think is like what they need so it's hard I for me like, to post stuff that I don't love <laughs> you know what I mean
1: it's so true though some of my posts that are kind of like meh about are just, like some of the ones that have the most like comments and I'm like what
0: yeah exactly <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, you're like I
1: was on the fence on even posting this and like so <laughs> many people actually like responded okay
0: interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah do you have a favorite instagram account, account to follow or another oh, mental health account uh, to follow I guess yeah
1: I'd have to hmm. there's one it's more of a humorous one it's called psychotherapy memes um,
0: okay. it's
1: basically what it sounds like but it's just like a bunch of memes and kind of gifs around like therapy related things but I like it because it's actually not done in a way that's harmful like it is kind of I'm um, like, you might have seen some of them, but I'll be like, okay, what, what do you say to your therapist when this happens or whatever? And then they're like, go shopping or something. <laughs> um, so it's just it's kind of humorous. And yeah. I, I personally think humor is really good, like, especially yeah. in a conversation that's really difficult to have with mental health. If you can make light of it in an appropriate way, um, I do think it can really help with breaking the stigma and just, again, like we bond on laughter, really, and humor. Yeah, oh, um, So we put that one for just some, like, gentle laughter and humor. Yes. Um, Yeah.
0: Oh, I like that one. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you follow it, but if not, you'll have to uh, check it out. And, yeah. and it's actually run by a psychologist, too. Um, so, yeah.
0: I think I've seen a couple of them. I don't know if I follow them. I'm going to have to okay. check it out. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot that like blanking on their names
0: right it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard to like just pull them out of your head I can like
1: see the post yeah but yeah like I like um it's kind of those graphics it'll be like a pie chart or something and it's all colorful and like kind of looks hand drawn like I love like those kinds of visuals Mm -hmm. where it's like you know therapy isn't or like this is what therapy is or this is what anxiety is or this is what ADHD is like I like those kinds of ones um but yeah I'm totally blanking on the
0: name right now. Yeah, I like those ones that kind of show like what anxiety is compared to what like the general public think anxiety is. Totally, yeah. yeah. I love those ones. Totally. Okay, now that you are kind of on your way through your healing journey, now that you're at this point in your career, um, looking back over everything, is there any advice that you would give your younger self? Or is there any advice that you kind of wish that you had been given when you were younger
1: yeah I think in hindsight I just wish I told myself that like I didn't have to fight through everything as much as I did like yeah. I think I was so again it's like the stigma but I was like okay I can't be bothered by it like I can't cry like like I remember being at a funeral it was my grandma's funeral and literally saying to myself like don't cry don't cry oh and that's gosh. so messed up like you should cry at funerals I like, guess normal yeah. um but yeah I think just like allowing myself to to cry and to just like feel what I needed to feel and I didn't need to be like tough and strong and yeah because I think that's where it really caught up with me was I held everything in for so long
0: yeah oh that is so heartbreaking
1: yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of messed up
0: that's a really and now it's like the
1: opposite now I'm like okay tears are flowing that's great I love it and like crying is I mean, I don't think anyone likes to cry, obviously, like, it's it's crying, it's not comfortable, but mm-hmm. it's so cathartic, and sometimes after a good <laughs> cry, like, you just feel so much better. Yes. You just feel like that weight lift off, and you're like, okay, like, I just got it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I definitely get that. Now I'm like, okay, I need a sad movie, I'm gonna just cry for a little bit, and then I'm gonna feel so much better.
1: Yeah, yeah totally and i actually again like saw it on instagram but someone made a post and it was like crying is self-care and i'm like that kind of hit me in the feels because i was like that is so true like again i think if you google self-care it's all just the really stereotypical yeah. stuff right of like meditate or deep breathe um, deep breathing which is all great but there's so many things that can be self-care that you would never find in like a google search
0: yeah and it's different for everyone like, there's yeah. so many things out there that you can try.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, like your cooking, for example, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's my happy place. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that.
0: Um, okay, one last question for you that I kind of ask everyone. Um, okay. Is there a stigma or a misconception surrounding mental health that bothers you the most or that you hear most often that isn't true?
1: Yeah, there's kind of two that bother me the most. Mm-hmm. One is around schizophrenia. So basically, like, oh, like, so there's that whole greyhound, Montreal greyhound beheading. Yeah. Um, and I think that has really been like, oh, all people's schizophrenia are like dangerous and murderers and blah, blah, blah. Um no they're not all like that that's still a vast minority i think that one bothers me because it really does just put a fear into like society and into even when we hear about like the prison system or whatever it's kind of like oh they're schizophrenic and it's like no (laughs) um so yeah that one bothers me a lot and i think like in my opinion anxiety and depression has started to become really talked about which is great but i think we do need to shift gears a little bit to now some of these other disorders such as schizophrenia or you know borderline or things like that where maybe we don't get quite as much attention to and then the other one that bothers me um are the jokes of like i'm just gonna go jump off a bridge now or okay i'll just go kill myself now yeah. um and again i just think it's off base and sensitive and kind of makes suicide seem like it's this really like quick simple decision and really it's not um and again i think like that kind of humor is really harmful because people Absolutely di- uh, die by suicide daily. Yeah so yeah, that's another one that whenever I hear it, I always try to call people out on it <laughs> as in a gentle way, but mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be like, hey, I think there's a different way you can make that joke. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's such a good one. I yeah. love all of those. The labels that come with, I guess mental health issues like depression or anxiety or BPD or anything like that. Everyone's experience is completely different. And so categorizing people under those labels in a certain way, like that, yeah, that bothers me so much.
1: Totally. And I'm actually, yeah, that's a good point. Even diagnosis itself. I understand, like, sometimes people need a diagnosis for, you know, medication or to get into certain programs or to get access to certain support. Um, But I kind of go back and forth on even this idea of a diagnosis, because that's exactly what it is, in my opinion. It's a label. And then... Sometimes you hear it and you start to say, like, okay, it's, it's my depression, it's my depression, it's my depression. Um, and then you it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where some of it could be your depression, but also people can have, like, a bad day, regardless if you have depression or not. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually try to steer clear from labels if I can, unless they're sort of needed for, like, insurance purposes or whatever, a program.
0: Yeah, it's almost. Or I
1: like, a client really wants one. I mean, some people do find them helpful to make sense of what's happening. Yeah. Like I said, others are kind of more like, "Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, this is my forever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's almost like people use it, like as an excuse or a reason for something to be happening. Like, oh, that's just my depression. Like, I don't have to, I don't really have oh, to worry like, about it or face it.
1: Yeah, totally. Like I think, yeah. Well, and I think it's almost like this comfort thing. Like, it's, yeah. if you, if it's part of your identity, and for some people, right? And so it's easy to say, like, oh, it's just this, but yeah. sometimes it's not. Or depression can look at, like, that piece of it looks so different for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you brought up kind of expanding our discussions further than anxiety and depression. Like, I'm very so happy with the fact that we are even having these conversations, and people are talking about mental health more often but there are so many other issues out there that people just don't talk about at all totally
1: yeah Yeah, i mean we're we're making progress but there's definitely more to do but also any change is going to be hard and especially on like a huge scale of like an entire city or nation like definitely not happening overnight mm-hmm. so yeah. um I know like Bella's Talk day is kind of one of those ones where I feel like yeah. gets a little bit of attention where people are kind of like oh it's only one day out of the year but I kind of take the opposite approach I'm like at least they do have one day out of a year and regardless of intention like I don't know if there's money behind it or whatever like it is still starting conversations at the end yes. of the day
0: exactly exactly
1: And the approach I take with some of those initiatives anyways of like Oh, I'm still doing something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kick those conversations. We just have to yeah. keep them going for the totally rest of the year. Totally, get
1: that momentum. Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. And, like, this podcast is a great example of that, right? Like, doing this year-round.
0: Yeah. I actually launched um, On Bell Let's Talk Day this year.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. What a fitting day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to start it there and then just, yeah, keep going all year. Oh, that's so
1: great.
0: I love that. Cool. <laughs> yeah okay well that is all the questions that I kind of had for you that was really quick I feel like we just blew through so much
1: yeah I'm actually yeah I feel like I ramble a lot but I'm looking at the time and I was like okay I guess I was kind of succinct
0: yeah that was great was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we didn't um talk about
1: I think the only thing, I kind of thought of this after, but when you were asking kind of what to expect at therapy, I think the other thing I would add to that is if you are starting therapy the first time, like even just having your own notebook of topics you want to uh, chat about or questions you have that way, again, like you can kind of go through your agenda as well.
0: Oh, that's Um, a good one.
1: Yeah, because I think even in my own personal experience, like sometimes I'll go to a session and I'll be like, oh, I, like, I totally forgot to mention this one thing that's been bugging me. Um, just as you start talking, right? And you kind of like get caught up and distracted. So yeah, that would just kind of be the other piece I would add to that is mm-hmm. kind of put it in your phone or a journal or whatever. And like, you can read them in session. Like, it's not like, it's not like school. Like, you're allowed to look at your phone if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would just add that little piece.
0: Oh, I love that. That's such a good idea. I have the worst memory, so I need to write down everything. Yeah. So I love that idea.
1: <laughs> totally. I know. Well, and it's kind of, again, like, I think it's, like, how one conversation just flows into a completely different pathway. Yeah. Um, but then there's still, like, these other ones where you're like, wait, I forgot to put them in. So. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. That would maybe be my final take home is, like, if you're interested in therapy, just tracking things. In a notebook or on your phone or whatever works for you mm-hmm. um, just so you like have it
0: okay well if um, people want to reach out to you or have more questions for you um where can they find you or what is the best way to do that
1: yeah if you're on instagram silver lining therapy is probably the easiest just because if you click the link it'll take you to like my email and my booking and all that anyways um, if you're not on instagram I would just say serenitynabwellness.ca. So that's just the website of the practice I'm at. And then again, all my information will be on there. Um, So yeah, you can email me. You can book in with me if you want to book in. Um, If you just have like some random questions, again, you can email me and I can try to answer them. But yeah, Instagram's probably the main like area of (laughs) getting all my information. Mm -hmm. I've got that link tree. Thing that yeah, yeah
0: everything kind of ties to it so perfect that's awesome well thank you so much for joining me i'm so happy to hear um about your story and that you're doing so much better and that you're doing amazing work as well like we've talked about so much and this was so great so thank you
1: yeah thanks for having me and again, like, yeah, thanks for all your vulnerability and what you're doing to break the stigma and just start these conversations. Um, And yeah, it's awesome you're in Calgary. So hopefully after COVID, we can unite in person.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at Stomp the Stigma YYC. And you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can Stomp the Stigma.